Hey yo! <laughs> oh my goodness, um, it's been a wonderful time. Um, also, a trying time, but no way from podcasting. But what can I say? Sometimes we just need the strength to keep on and to keep at it. And I have no one else to tell thank you than God for giving me this opportunity once again for you to hear this voice. All right, so welcome to Versations with Sass, a place where we talk about God's word, how it affects our life, and how we can be better human beings, actually. Before I go on into the topic for today, I would like to ask, how has your year been? Has it been, you know, wonderful? Has it been slow for you? Has it been too fast? Have you completed all the things you told yourself you were going to do? Have you started? When will you start? Or are you postponing it already based on we're already in September? What is or what are your plans? Well, keep in mind that God is the one that is the orchestrator of all our plans. He's the one that brings everything to fruition. So if you have any ideas, any confusion, any questions, or any crossroad, he's the one you can go to for clarity. Welcome again to Vestation with the Stars. Always a pleasure knowing that you are listening to me. It's going to be an amazing time today because we're going to talk about something very tremendous in the Bible that I never really noticed and I got to notice it in a very strange way because and then it looked like something out of a Marvel movie. There's um, this this event happened with you know a climax you know with the protagonist and all that. I could visibly like you know imagine it in my head you know slow motion and all that anyway your mind like what are you talking about okay so let's dive to first samuel chapter 7 my emphasis is going to be on verse 10 actually but it's actually first samuel chapter 7 yeah the whole first Samuel chapter 7 but there are points there are things I just want to pinpoint about you know what happened and um, the things we can learn from this amazing passage in the Bible okay so what happened for us to start the story we have to go like we have to you know go down memory lane so you remember that place where um, in the Bible Eli um, was at the gates and then they told him that the ark had been captured and then okay let's just go down further down uh, God calls Samuel uh, Eli asks him okay what did God tell you and Samuel tells him and then years later Eli is sitting by the gate and someone comes to tell him oh the ark of God has been stolen or they first tell him that his sons have been there are dead in battle and um, the ark of God has been taken upon hearing that man the ark of God has been taken over by you know the Philistines he falls down and break his neck 
then going on the Philistines that did not know that it's trouble that they carried takes the ark of God into their God's temple Dagon and morning they come and find their God in pieces and all that and it happens again and they have to go and decide to return this God this um, ark back to the Israelites and then they do this successfully you know after all you know dramatic you know occurrences and then uh, uh, everything is solved at that point now the real thicket of this story is verse 7 where some time later this ark of God was at a place called Kiriat Jerim and they took it to a guy's house called Abinadab and and then they were told to guard the ark of the Lord there maybe they were afraid that um, they didn't want the ark to suffer the faith that it suffered previously now this was not a small time it was a long time like 20 years that this ark remained there because everybody was afraid everybody was like okay i don't want to die uh i don't know are we clean enough like what are we gonna do about this and all but at the end of the day they mourned and sought after the lord and if we go through the bible we'll find out that god loves a heart that is remorseful he says it's so bad in contrary how that will not turn away if you're truly sober if you're truly you know of repentant nature god is an ever-loving father that will come to your rescue so this part just tells us that no matter what you are going through no matter what you've done a sober and a contrite heart a repentant heart a remorseful spirit is what is needed because it is only when you feel you ain't done nothing wrong and all that that you find yourself going to a rabbit hole anyway back to our story and then this happens they tell god oh god we're sorry we are sorry for all that we did and all that and then and all that and someone said to them that okay fine We've heard what you're saying. If you're returning to God with all your hearts, then you must get rid of all these gods and everything and, and serve God. It reminds us of Joshua where he said, You must serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and everything. And it was almost something that was like that Samuel, I beg your pardon, was also mentioning to the um, Israelites that this is what you have to do commit yourself to God and He will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. Because if you go down in history, you find out that the vein of the Israelites has always been the Philistines yeah we had the Malachites and you know other persons but the Philistines have always been an issue like a thorn in the flesh of the Israelites okay so they were like so Samuel was like you know I'm gonna deliver you from the hand of the Philistines just put away your gods and all that and then verse 5 is where the drama the action starts so Samuel is like, okay, fine, everybody come together. I want to intercede with the Lord for you. And when they assembled at the place called Mizpah, where they were, you know, he will intercede on their behalf, he, they drew water, poured it before the Lord, and that day they fasted, and then they confessed that, oh, we have sinned against you, Lord, and all now. The same Israelites that suffered terrible defeat 20 years ago forgot what happened to them when they took the Ark of God and decided and arose again and said, Ah, we hear that the Israelites, they've assembled at Mitzvah. Mm, what do we do? What are we going to do? And ah, 
they decided to attack them they were like you know what let's attack them they're not sure they have power again or i don't think they are up to our standard you know military might let's you know attack them now the israelites were afraid at this and they were so afraid because of the philistines and they were like ah oh please someone do not stop crying out to the lord our god for us so that we rescue us from the hand of the philistines then Samuel took a lamb, offered it up as a whole burnt offering. He cried out to the Lord on the Israelites' behalf, and the Lord answered him. That is just part one. Part two, which is verse 10. And it says that while Samuel was sacrificing the burnt offering, as Samuel was sacrificing, I just want you to watch this this train of thought. Like to just follow me first. They ask Samuel to intercede on their behalf to God. Secondly, it is at the point of asking for intercession that the enemy arose and said, you know what, I'm going to deal with these people. I'm going to attack them. I don't think they are strong as that. And they arose. It was while they were seeking to attack the Israelites that the sacrifice was offered to the Lord and God on behalf of Israel and the Lord answered them. And it was while God had answered them unknown to the Philistines, the Philistines were sacrificing the, sorry, the Philistines were drawing near to engage Israel in battle. Do not forget, Israel had not done anything to the Philistines. They were not even battle ready. All that concerned them was trying to be in the good books, trying to be in the right space, trying to be in the right relationship, in the right frame with God at that point, for God to forgive them their sins yet the israelites took it as as an opportunity to attack them and destroy them but that day as samuel was raising just imagine him samuel in a red long robe i don't know this is where my imagination went to so he's in the long robe and he's sacrificing the burnt offering on the far right down you'll see philistines coming close with their swords and their shields and their armors and their horses and all that and they are marching towards the israelites to battle them and when it seems like everything is about to you know get brutal like the Israelites are about to be defeated conquered taken on our ways the Lord strikes the Lord thundered with loud thunder against the Philistines and he threw them in, into such a panic that they routed before the Israelites and then the men of Israel who were not even guarded for battle rushed out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines slaughtering them along the way to a place called um, uh, Beth Car. Then Samuel took a stone, set it up, and then he named it Ebenezer, saying, Thus far has the Lord helped us. And 13 says, So the Philistines were subdued and did not invade Israelite territory again. And it says that throughout the lifetime of Samuel, the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines. Like it was just against the Philistines. So, what's my point in all this we all have been in that situation where we feel we are at a dead end we all have been at a place where we feel there is nowhere to turn all 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 odds are against us 
imagine when you felt like that it could be even when you remember it now you might you might just feel so silly like oh for such little things but at that point where you were you had nothing and then god arises god shows up god becomes your ebenezer and shows forth and helps you out of the problem out of the issue whether it's one you put in you put yourself into or one that you know circumstances just made happen to you or one that people just make made to happen to you regardless god shows up for you regardless of this i've just said i want us to take our minds back the israelites have always been superior to god they've always thought i could do this on my own i ain't got nobody telling me what to do i just want to do this thing myself i cannot I, they, they, they were not accountable to god they decided not to be accountable to god they decided to to to, to serve one god or the other and going through the bible you get so overwhelmed because it's deep this over and over and over again going down the bible you see where they even captured the babylonians captured them because of the same thing yet they realized their error as usual they always did they realized their error and decided to ask for mercy they decided to ask for mercy and ask that samuel intercede on their behalf this was what they did the first point to salvation the first point to rescuing the first point to being to being delivered or deliverance is accepting that there's a problem if you never accept that there's a problem you will never get the help and even if the help should come somewhat you will never appreciate it and your own appreciativeness will lead to you being into more problem or back to the same problem so what am i trying to say as christians do not cover your eyes when you've done something wrong when you know in your hearts of heart that what you've done is deviating from the lines purposes and wills of the lord do the right thing by asking for mercy never forget the simple and the contrite heart he will not turn away a lot of us are too proud blindsided and in court woke when we're blinded instead of understanding and getting to the point that i've done something wrong this is not right in the sight of god it's a sin i need to make amends with god we all act like nothing is wrong god understands no what you've done is wrong you have to get back to it and do not also forget that a broken edge is where a serpent will bite where you have a a broken wall but you have you are not in the right tandem with god i don't know your wall of protection for me such wall of protection is cracked imagine if they did not um you know get back in line with god imagine if they did not you know um ask for intercession i feel they would have been destroyed imagine those times let's go back in memory lane down memory lane please and look at why the ark was captured in the first place the israelites were not in tandem with the will of god they had strayed again but yet they took the ark of god into, into battle thinking that the ark of god was going to deliver them but what happened nothing happened also a lot of us like to follow that path of oh grace oh grace grace is sufficient sorry i will not lie to you honey Mm-mm. 
you've got to get it right. Shall we continue with the that grace man by saying God feed, get things right? Israelites got this right by acknowledging their faults. So that's one. One, acknowledge your faults and your mistakes. Acknowledge the fact that you have sinned and fallen short and get back to God as soon as possible. Two, never forget that the enemy is out to get you. Never forget that the enemy doesn't want you to enjoy the fullness of God. And so, getting you and catching you off guard is the best thing ever. This links to number one also. So that's why you need to get your 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 things in line with God. Thirdly, understand that God is for you and will never be against you. All that we do is one that all we all have this in mind. Um, how do I put this? God is for you. Also, your actions can determine whether his protection will cover you. This might raise a lot of eyebrows, but yes. Everything, I think, like, point one has A, B, C, D. Yes, God is for you. The the Israelites were called, people that were called, loved, and set aside by God. God promised them tremendous blessings and promises, yet, when they deviated, there was no way to help them. So, understand this, that Christians, that God is for us. And so, if God be for us, who can be against us? If we end up deviating from the way of God, things can be against us. It takes the mercy of God. Uh, but yet again, it's something that we ought to watch carefully. So, one, be aware of the fact that you need to get back in line with God if you get it wrong. Two, understand that God is for you and nothing nothing can be against you. Um, thirdly, God will always be the winner at the end of the day. God will always be the winner. God will always do things that are striking in our lives. Um, deviating from me, you know, telling you, oh, you need to, you know, confess your sins, everything. There's another aspect here. God will never leave you nor forsake you. God is our Ebenezer, our Yod Hewahe, our Jehovah Sabbath. He's our everything. We can see the way God came through. See, the Lord thundered. And that thundering brought a lot of um, victory for them to the extent that throughout the lifetime of Samuel, throughout the lifetime of Samuel, that the hand of God was against the Philistines. And the Philistines did not invade Israelite territory again. To get, you can see how far God has gone, or how far God has, you know, went ahead of them. So, this is a message to all of us today. A message of hope, a message of reassurance, and a message of of critical thinking when it comes to this passage. God is for us. God loves us. With God, we are sure to win. With God by our side, as our Ebenezer, as our help in ages past, we are sure that we are going to be delivered. Yet, we must set things right so as not to be consumed or taken down by the fairy darts of the enemy. Um, understand this today and throughout the month of September that the Lord is your Ebenezer. He will never fail. He can never fail. It is not within his power to fail. Yet, we, by our actions, can hold back the things that God has for us. I pray that we will not be in that situation. And I pray that God remains our Ebenezer now and forevermore. Do not forget, you have the best ability. You have the best advantage. And the advantage of being God's child, there, there is. And so, harness it, possess it, and claim it. 
for it is your birthright in Christ. Have a wonderful day. Inspectations with us, and I just read from 1 Samuel 7, verse 1 to the end. Have a lovely day.